Welcome to the Psychotherapy Central podcast where we discuss love, attachment and healing from trauma. A place where you can gain the knowledge, tools and wisdom to help you build secure, flourishing relationships. I'm your host, clinical psychotherapist and couples therapist, Jennifer Nurek. Welcome to episode 23 of the Psychotherapy Central podcast. I can't believe we're already 23 episodes in. So this one is being recorded live from India. I'm in the south of India near a place called Valor. I'm here for three weeks and I have been loaned a beautiful recording studio. So it's all kind of padded, although it does sound a little bit echoey. So if you're wondering, ah, Jen's voice is sounding a bit different, it's because I haven't put on any kind of reverb, but I am in a recording studio. Let's jump in. We're going to start with seven top tips for dating when you have an anxious attachment adaptation. Many of you listening to this will know that my book, Heal Your Anxious Attachment, lands February 2024. um, I've written it with New Harbinger. So anxious attachment is one of my favorite topics. Now, the problem with dating and anxious attachment is that one of the major features of dating is uncertainty because we're exploring, we're checking each other out. So there's a lot of uncertainty and often when there is uncertainty, our nervous system um, and parts of us will kind of get triggered and feel unsafe and have a really strong reaction to that. And this can, so it takes two years to form a secure attachment. So this is part of the process of dating and it can feel excruciating when we have that anxious adaptation, the anxious style of connecting. Before we begin, I would love to mention that I think that people with the anxious adaptation get quite a bad rap. They've often been name-called basically kind of clingy or needy. And it's kind of a, a shaming against a natural biological instinct to connect. You know, um, if we as humans weren't connected with as infants, we would die. So connection can feel very life or death because biologically and historically, connection has been life or death. So as you listen to this, I really invite you to listen with an open heart, with compassion, as you hear some of um, the ways that you might be when you're dating and that you might have seen in your partner or other people. And also bear in mind that it is developmental, that it is an adaptation, that these responses have come about in order when we were younger in order to get needs met. They didn't just come about on their own. It's not kind of a a complete flawedness. It's, well, this was my environment. And in order to get my needs met, without consciously thinking about it, I just did X, Y, and Z. I discussed this in depth in episode three, Anxious Attachment Explained. And I've got other episodes, I think one, two, three, four, are all about attachment theory, kind of giving you the basics. So if you haven't listened to those, jump back, have a listen, and then come back into this one. 
So before we jump into the tips, why is it difficult for the anxiously attached to date? Let's have a, just tick off four things that make it difficult. Firstly is the amount of nervous system activation that happens. When we have the anxious adaptation, our nervous system, when it senses a lack of safety, will have a tendency to flick into a kind of a fight or flight, Stephen Porges calls it sympathetic activation. Fight or flight, I'm not safe, I need to do something, I need to run, I need to fight to get out of here, okay? Now, there are lots of different things that will cause a lack of safety, but uncertainty is one of them, yeah? So, that we can get stuck in this kind of hypervigilant, kind of looking for signs of, am I safe, am I safe with this person? What are they doing? Where are they? Am I safe? That is the core question often that the nervous system is asking, am I safe? And this activation can cause us to keep calling, to keep texting until a connection can be made and that activation can calm down. It is actually your nervous system trying to keep you safe. And so what we may have been shamed about in the past, what we might have shamed ourselves for, mm -hmm. is actually our nervous system trying to keep us safe. And the, our inner alarm system is sensing danger because it doesn't feel safe, which makes complete sense. Second thing that is, is tricky is that what I mentioned already is that inconsistency. There is a, a huge inconsistency when we start dating because we're not sure yet. We don't know if we're a good fit. We don't know if we think they're a good fit. If they think we're a good fit, there's a whole lot of uncertainty. And that's difficult for our anxious parts. Thirdly is a need to be connected. It can feel like life or death, but it is part of the nature of the anxious adaptation. And life and death does make sense given our history in the human race. Yeah. So when we have the anxious adaptation, we like less relational space. We like to be connected. We feel this deep desire for connection. Again, that makes sense. So it might look like more texts, more calls, more sensitivity to your partner not responding or paying attention when you're speaking. And the flip side, one of the things that can happen from this, this need to be connected, is, is we can stay in, in unhealthy relationships for too long. There can be a tendency to put our partner's needs um, in front of our own and become a little bit doormatish. Not about everything, but about some things. Like, oh, I'll just let that slide because I don't want to have conflict. And then who knows where conflict will lead. Maybe it will lead to separation. Um, and it's also quite common that there's a, a, a fear of abandonment and jealousy. So when dating, this need to be connected can mean that we miss early red flags. And it can be difficult to leave even an unhealthy relationship. Even when part of us knows this is unhealthy, there are these other parts of us that really don't want to leave the relationship. So you can miss early red flags and you can find it difficult to leave unhealthy relationships. So just pause for a moment and reflect back on your past relationships. 
Have you missed early red flags? Because that desire, that pull to connect has been so strong. And have you found it hard to leave relationships where you've been treated really badly? So just have a think about that. Now the other thing about the anxious adaptation is, is when we become flooded with emotion, when we sense that danger, we can often become what in therapy we call flooded, have lots of different feelings and thoughts and find, you know, feel p- fear and panic and sad and, and, and scared and all of these things all at the same time. And, and we call it flooded. It's kind of, we can't make any sense of it, just kind of feeling really overwhelmed. And that's that inner alarm system going off to say, I'm not safe. And it's really, it's kind of trying to motivate you to protect you, um, but it can feel very disorientating and you can even feel like, what's wrong with me? So uh, when that when that happens, we might end up kind of getting mad at our partner, um, over texting them, calling them, because this energy wants to be dispelled. And what we need here is more emotional regulation. And thankfully, emotional regulation is something that can be learned. And I have a whole chapter about it in the book with um, specific practices to do. So the book is not just um, intellectual. There are, I think, like 20 meditations and 20 different practices that are all audio files that go with the book. So it's almost like a mini course. It really is amazing. So when it's released, if you're listening to this after February 24, jump on. um, It's sold at all major bookstores. Jump on and um, get yourself a copy. So while you're here, Jen, how do I go about? I know I have all these issues. The four things. Yes, 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 yes. So how do I go about dating with the anxious attachment style? What are your tips, Jen? First thing, and this isn't one of the actual seven tips, but just something I want to really remind you of is that when you are dating, the process of dating is to assess suitability. Is this person a good fit for me? And they're assessing, is this person a good fit for me? So being as honest and authentic I mean, within reason, we don't have to kind of bear everything on the first date, but being honest and authentic through that process over the two-year period is is important for both people. If you're going to have a relationship that has longevity to it, that can really last, which I know many of you are looking for. So tip one, and I can't stress this highly enough, okay? Tip one is slow down slow down. Often the activation in our body, in our system, will make us go from zero to a hundred in two days. We've gone from, I hardly know this person, but we've been chatting for a while, to I think this is the one and I could, I could see a future where we're getting married. He wants two kids, I want two kids, he wants to live in Sydney, I want to live in Sydney. People tell me this happens again and again and they see themselves doing it and you're probably thinking, Jen, I've so done this. So the stretch here is slow down and take care of the younger parts of you that want to jump in and have someone else take care of them. The parts that might even feel relieved to have some distraction. Slowing down gives you space and time to get curious. 
It gives you the space to notice any red flags and see if your values are aligned, if you actually want the same thing. Slowing down in the long run is protective. Yep, it will actually be protective. Tip two is to remember that you're assessing them as much as they're assessing you. This is an especially tricky one for women because we're given so many subtle messages that we are um, to be attractive to men. So much of our culture is set up around being attract women being attractive to men. So we have to do a little bit of a uh, flipping a mind switch here into I'm figuring out if this person has similar values to me, wants the same things in life as me, and we can have fun together because we want to have fun and a lot of joy in any relationship, right? So can we laugh and have and play together? So it's a very subtle shift from selling myself to I need to get to know this person to see if we're a good fit. And it's about me getting to know them. Tip three, if they say they're not ready for a long-term relationship, believe them. Even if you think they're going to change their mind, even if you think, well, they don't really know me yet. If they say to you straight out, I don't want a long-term relationship and that is what you are looking for, they are not your person. And as sad as that might be, you might think, oh, Jen, that really sucks. That really, really, really sucks. You can say to them, look, I am looking for a long-term relationship. So at the moment, we're not a good fit. But if you change your mind and you start, when you feel ready to start looking for something more long-term, call me. Let's see where I'm at. So it doesn't mean that you cross off that box forever. It just means right now, they are not your person. Tip four is to look out for avoidantly attached people. Because they are the anxiously attached person's kryptonite, right? It is the can be the most painful relationship. It is also a relationship where a lot of growth can happen if you're doing it consciously. I'll, I'll talk about that in a different podcast. And it's a process that I've gone through with my own beautiful avoidant husband. Uh, is is they are it can cre it creates painful sandpaper right I'm trying I'm trying to find the right words you can hear me I'm trying to find the right words to describe it to you now signs of this would be they might really struggle to talk about their feelings they might not enjoy spending a lot of time with people um, they might they might be really busy at work or with a sport or something that they're super engaged with. And again, sometimes those things will take the focus off of interpersonal connections. If they kind of shame you quite subtly for the amount of connection that you want, if they start kind of intimating that you're quite needy or quite clingy, they're probably not for you. And again, you might not want to hear this, but they're probably not for you. That's probably going to be a really difficult relationship going forward. In this stage of dating, when you get the feedback that you're too needy, too clingy, the temptation can be to start to play it cool. Now, here is the issue with that. If you start to play it cool, then you're not being who you really are. 
And so it's difficult then for them to assess if you're a good fit for them. And maybe you're not a good fit for them. Yeah, maybe there's someone for them who's a better fit and someone for you actually who's a better fit for you. So my big tip would be don't um, play it cool. <clears throat> Rather be who you are and let's see if you can make it work. And if not, there are how many people on the planet? And, and, and move on. You're really looking for someone who has the capacity to be empathic. That means to stand in someone else's shoes and to feel into what something else is like for that person. Not everybody's capable of doing it. Look out for it. It's super precious. Do it with your friends. Do it with your family. Show empathy. It's very um, bonding. It, it, it builds connection. And don't settle. Don't settle. Be willing to, to move on. Tip five, notice how you feel around them. And a great barometer for this is to use a friend, to think of a friend. Who do I know who I feel really relaxed and comfortable around, who I play with and we have a giggle and they're just awesome. Notice how it feels in your body around that friend and how is it feeling in this relationship? Now, obviously it's not gonna be feeling the same as someone you've known since you were six. But you know kind of what the signs are, how you relax into the space. So again, not settling, kind of looking out for those feelings and waiting for them to develop and noticing how you feel around them. I've, had, I've worked with people who when they really tuned into that, they feel quite scared around their partner. And that can be a sign that mm, maybe this is not the right person for me. Tip six, another really big one deal with your unresolved trauma because it will show up in your relationship every time. If you've experienced neglect, abuse, um, even if your childhood just hasn't felt right, you just feel like something wasn't right, please go to therapy. I highly recommend anyone, someone, I would say anyone, someone trained in internal family systems, at least level one. There are a lot of people out there saying that they do internal family systems who have no formal training. So make sure that they have at least level one, it should say under their qualifications. When you have the anxious adaptation, it comes with a deep feeling that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You can work on that in therapy very effectively. Um, if you're looking for somebody, I have a hand-selected team at Psychotherapy Central. They've all been trained by me in working with attachment injuries and working with trauma. And they've all been doing this work for quite a long time. If you're not sure, if you're thinking you looked through the list, Jen, I don't know who's a good fit for me, just email me um, uh, through the website or uh, message me through Instagram and I'll get back to you and, and we can have a, a bit of a correspondence around who might be a good fit for you, what the kind of work that you wanna do. But just know that there is a team there that's available. Tip seven, invest in becoming internally securely attached. What this is about is that there are parts of us that end up looking to our partner for security, safety, connection. Am I okay? If they, if they can affirm that, yep, you're okay, oh, then I can relax. What we really want is for these parts to look at me and say, Jen, am I okay? And I say, yeah, you're fine. And then they 
feel safe and relax. This process of moving into internal secure attachment is a journey. It's the journey that I teach in my book, Heal Your Anxious Attachment. It's where it's the journey of reconnecting with yourself and then reconnecting with others and building a secure attachment in your relationships, an attachment based on core values and a, and a life where you're living a life that you love. And that shifts everything when you're living a life that you love and is authentic. Who you attract is different. The life force that you have is different because you're really engaged. So that was my last tip. Anxiously attached people are some of my favorite people to work with. You know, I know a lot of the patterns from the inside out because it's something that I've worked with. And the first step is, is working on that internal secure attachment, which is in the first half of my book. And then you start working on the relationships on the interpersonal stuff. That's in the second part of the book. If you're anxiously attached, I'm assuming you are because you're listening to this, know that attachment styles can change over time. We have research that shows this. Seek out a therapist, do some healing work, or you can join me in my upcoming course, Heal Your Anxious Attachment, very aptly named, where we can work together on breaking these patterns. It's much more in-depth, much more connected with me um, through that process. You can sign up through the waitlist online, psychotherapycentral.health. So in the next episode, we'll be talking about dating someone with the anxious adaptation. So if you have a partner who you know kind of needs a few tips, Jen, he needs some tips or, or he, she needs some tips, then please like, subscribe and share. Um, it's a way of giving back, right? So I spend quite a bit of time creating the content, recording the content. So it's a lovely way to give back is the like, subscribe and share. Show notes for today are available through psychotherapycentral.health. We will also find my um, free course on breaking relationship cycles. So wherever you are in your dating journey, um, hold compassion and kindness for yourself. Curiosity, compassion and kindness as you're in that process. It's big moving through that process, but there is an opportunity to learn a lot about yourself and to work with the different parts that that process will activate. So good luck on that journey, wherever you are with it, wherever you're heading. And thank you for being here and have a wonderful day. I hope I get to meet you sometime in the future. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you want to learn more about all things love, attachment and trauma, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at psychotherapy.central or visit my website at psychotherapycentral.health. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. Your support means a lot and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.